Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Tuesday, February the 6th, and we're starting with one of the most read stories on the website today. A woman found dead in Ashford, leading to a large part of the town centre being cordoned off, has been named. Chelsea Louise was discovered in the Lower High Street last month. Well, Lucy joins me now with more on this story, and her brother has paid tribute, Lucy. Yes, John Malthouse has described the 30-year-old as a funny, lively ray of sunshine. He says she was a daughter, sister and niece, but had sadly suffered from some terrible mental health issues. As you mentioned, the discovery of Chelsea's body led to a large part of the town centre being taped off by police as an investigation was carried out. Officers have since confirmed her death is being treated as unexplained, but not suspicious. And the family have started a fundraiser. They want to give Chelsea a suitable send-off and are trying to raise £2,000. John goes on to say how her death has left him devastated. Flowers have been left near to a tree in the town centre while council bosses have shared their sympathies. Lucy, thank you ever so much. Kent Online News. Other top stories today and a man's due at Crown Court charged with attempted murder after a police officer was seriously injured in Ashford. He was hit by a car which reportedly failed to stop on Coulter Road last month. Well, 23-year-old Barry Rossiter from Nickley Wood was one of six people arrested. The families of two patients who who died within weeks of suddenly having to move from a care home in Sheerness say they passed away sooner than they should have. The pair had spent years at Blackburn Lodge but were forced to leave due to issues with the water system. Families have staged a protest and called for the site to be reopened. A man's been arrested following reports of a driver trying to ram another car off the road in Gillingham. A Vauxhall Corsa was forced to swerve towards a barrier before crashing into the back of an SUV near the Medway Tunnel last Thursday. A 48-year-old's been questioned on suspicion of dangerous driving and causing criminal damage. Next today, and we've got news that the government has turned down a bid by bosses in Medway to increase council tax above the current maximum of 4.99% that's allowed. The authority had been hoping to up bills in a bid to balance the books as they look to overturn a £12 million funding shortfall. But they wrote to Westminster after experts described their finances as being in a grave situation. Leader Vince Maple has been speaking to Oliver from our colleagues at KMTV. We're in a very difficult financial situation. One of the other things we've published today is the SIPFA report. SIPFA are the organisation who are experts in local government finance. We brought them in at the end of last year to give us some expert advice and guidance. Uh, they've given us a series of recommendations which we have accepted. Uh, we've, that has included writing to government for two specific sets of support. One of those has been uh, turned down today. We're waiting to hear on the other one, which will be around additional flexibility when it comes to the issue of borrowing. Uh, that will give us an opportunity to have headroom uh, for important projects to actually get us to a point of financial sustainability as a council. None of the decisions we'll be taking in this year's budget are simple and straightforward. They are challenging, but they're the right thing to do. So they turned down the opportunity to increase council tax. They've offered that to Thorough, to Birmingham. How much of a blow is this? to balance in the books. What that decision by Michael Gove's government department will mean is that the progress that we want to make to get us to financial sustainability will be slower. That is disappointing, but I understand uh, that's a matter for them and the reasons why they've taken that decision. Uh, we will continue to press ahead with the working assumption that they will say yes 
to the second request that we have. And again, this is based on SIPFA's expert advice that we uh, secured with their recommendations at the end of last year. But what does this mean if they say no? Because obviously the future of Medway Council's finances rests in the hand of government. If they don't say yes to this £40 million of borrowing, you will have to cut back on discretionary services, won't you? Well, look, we're, we're working with the assumption that they will say yes. Of course, we have a plan and we've been very transparent. The papers which have been published today uh, show actually the three scenarios that we've talked about. Uh, we were very clear on that. We wanted to be open and transparent with residents. We've done that. Of course, we've got to have a working assumption. So that working assumption is we will be given that flexibility and that will mean we can get to a place of financial sustainability uh, in a couple of years time. That does also mean some difficult, challenging financial budget decisions this year, which will have an impact on residents. You know, it's difficult to do those things, but with a backdrop of the 91% cut in revenue support grants since 2010, councils like Medway are having to take these decisions actually across England. So as Vince Maple says, there are some tough decisions they are also planning to increase parking charges and cut free swimming for under 16s and the over 60s. We'd love to know what you think. You can comment on the story today at Kent Online. It's all going to be discussed at full council at the end of the month. And as local bosses look to cut costs, they're facing a bit of a backlash over plans to scrap the £1 million community warden scheme. The service will be reduced, taking the number of managers and uniformed officers from 73 down to just 39. Now, the wardens work closely with police to help tackle low-level crime and antisocial behaviour. There are concerns those could increase if the cuts go ahead. Kent Online reports. More than 60,000 speeding fines have been issued after the limit was lowered to 40 miles per hour on the A20 near the Swanley Interchange. This has been one of our most read stories, most commented on since the weekend. The temporary changes have been introduced by Transport for London along Sidcup Road and that's due to safety concerns over surface water flooding and the fact it was causing some cars to aquaplane. However, an incorrect sign is thought to have been put up which showed the limit as 50. Dominic Smith is from Patterson Law who've been contacted by an unprecedented number of drivers and I've been chatting to him. So historically the uh, road has been a 70 limit. It's a big wide dual carriageway with a central reservation. It's always been a 70 limit. Uh, a few months ago there was a stretch on that road that's been lowered to 40. Uh, it's at the moment been denoted by um, small 40 signs along that stretch of road with one Rogue 50 sign halfway through it. Uh, so the speed limit was changed in about October or so. Uh, it seems to have been then just, uh, I suppose, by the wayside for a couple of months. And then in December, the speed cameras seem to have been activated, which is where so many people now have been recorded speeding. I guess you'd say it's fair enough for a speed limit to be reduced if the road is looking particularly dangerous. But as you mentioned, this has caught an awful lot of people out because presumably they weren't aware. How many cases have you been dealing with? So at the moment, I haven't taken any of the cases on as clients because I'm waiting for the police to give their official response. Currently, I have been contacted directly by in the region of 100 people, which for me is unprecedented. So usually when there is a new change in speed limit with a new speed camera, as a firm, we can tell how uh, uh, many people have been caught because we will get, you know, I mean, as a firm, we get about 90 inquir new inquiries a day. Where there is a new speed camera put up, 
we'll sometimes get three or four inquiries a day. Over the last week, I've been having, yeah, 20 inquiries a day on this. It's unprecedented. I've never seen anything like it. What's your thoughts on what will happen next, Dominic? You say you're waiting to get an official line back from the police. Uh, What would be the next step, depending on what they say, I guess? There's going to be one of three scenarios. So the first scenario is going to be that the police agree that the signage was inadequate and drop everything. There is a second scenario where they say that the signage, in their opinion, was adequate, wasn't brilliant. They've improved it since, but it was sufficient enough to denote the speed limit. And so they're proceeding with all cases. There is a third scenario where they kind of separate the the, the, the two categories of case. And that is to decide that the signage was adequate enough to denote a 40 limit. But the one incorrect 50 sign halfway through was enough to confuse some people. So perhaps they'll drop everything of 50 and below, but everything of 51 and above they'll take to court. At the moment, I don't know what they're going to do. Now, the Met Police has confirmed it is investigating that 50 mile per hour sign because they reckon it was put there deliberately as an attempt to pervert the course of justice. A TfL spokesman, meantime, has said major work is required to put in place permanent measures to tackle flooding here and we are working to do this as soon as possible. We plan to begin construction work on these measures in May. We will keep you updated on how this story develops. Investigations are underway after reports of two sexual assaults in Maidstone. The victims say they were approached by a stranger in the McDonald's there. He touched and kissed them without consent. Police have released CCTV images of someone they want to speak to. You can head to the website to see it. A man's been arrested after a police officer was attacked in Margate. They were responding to reports of an argument between two men on the high street on Saturday. A 46-year-old has been questioned. It's been revealed the cost of a temporary theatre in Dartford was almost double what was predicted. The orchard had to close when rack concrete was found in the roof. Bosses then built the Orchard West to stage the Christmas panto. Well, it's cost more than £2.5 million with the money coming from council reserve funds. Protesters have staged a sit-in rave at a now-closed nightclub in Dartford as part of a campaign to save our nightlife. Barriers have been put up in front of Attic and squatters say they've now acquired the building. A spokesperson for the group says while they're inside, they'll put on musical events, raves and workshops for the community. Kent Online reports. Unmarried parents in Kent who've suffered the devastating loss of a partner are being reminded they're now entitled to a payout. It follows a significant change in the law that was made a year ago following a long campaign for justice for bereaved children. Well, I've been chatting to Simon Sim, who's from the financial hardship team at King County Council. Bereavement support payments uh, is something that people may be entitled to if their partner dies before they reach state pension age. Uh, the change happened in the 8th of Fe- on the 8th of February last year, which um, uh, essentially meant that cohabiting couples would be entitled to claim bereavement support payments as well. Um, so uh, as there has to be cohabiting couples, so not married or in civil partnership, but living together with children. That's quite a significant change because previously it was just married couples, was it, with children who would be eligible to to get this cash? Uh, yes. So the, this uh, specific change means that um, those it was only married couples or those in civil partnerships um, that had children were entitled to the payment support payment. So this change means that 
uh, it's quite quite significant. It means uh, estimated to be twenty one thousand families who um, who were previously not eligible are now retrospectively able to make a claim. Importantly, there you mentioned that they can retrospectively apply for this money. Um, they might not have heard of the change. So, so what do they need to do? So the amount of money they can claim is um, between um, nine thousand eight hundred pounds, and in some cases, if they are um, entitled to a. a, a and even earlier, um, part of the retrospective um, element, so back to 2001, they may be entitled to up to £10,000 from the previous scheme called the Widowed Parents Allowance. And to claim, they uh, simply need to go to um, www.gov.uk and then it's uh, forward slash bereavement hyphen supports hyphen payments. But if you Google or search and use a search engine, you'll be able to find the information by searching bereavement support payments. Um, and the Childhood Bereavement Network, who we've been working with to promote this, um, have some great information on their websites. The, the amount of money you mentioned, though, Simon, I mean, that could be significantly important for an awful lot of people who not only have gone through the, the devastating loss of a partner, but I mean, if that partner was, say, perhaps the main breadwinner, I mean, financially, it can be a very, very difficult time as well for people. Obviously, it's a huge emotional, emotionally difficult time if you lose a partner. Um, and or and a parent um, in, in a family, um, but the financial challenges that may come of, come of that as well can can be severe. Uh, so being able to access um, those sorts of sums of money could make a huge impact and, and to, to families who are struggling. Now time is running out to make a retrospective claim. Submissions need to be in by this Thursday. The landlord of a pub near Maidstone says ongoing roadworks have seen him lose 50% of his takings. The B2163 has been shut for gas pipe repairs, but it's reportedly led to a drop in custom at the Georgian in Leeds. Bosses at the county council say they're looking at ways of reducing disruption caused by roadworks and making sure they're completed quickly. A couple whose new home near Folkestone has been likened to a spaceship have revealed they went over budget and had to sleep in a tent. Tracy and Jeff turned a bungalow in Sandgate into a modern house with big windows and a balcony. They've been on the Channel 4 show Extraordinary Extensions. You can see pictures of it today by heading to Kent Online. And an empty restaurant in Ashford that was going to be turned into flats could now become a nightclub. Plans to open DJB nightclub in Elwick Place were withdrawn last year, but bosses are now eyeing up the site on Park Street. It could be up and running by April. Kent Online News. A Tunbridge Wells mum has told the podcast she's calling for younger children not to have access to mobile phones in a bid to protect their mental health. If you're a parent, I'm sure you'll have something to say about this one. The Safe Screens campaign also wants manufacturers, suppliers and content providers to do more to keep teenagers safe. Well, Arabella Skinner has spoken out as part of Safer Internet Day. One thing that became really clear to us um, working with parents was the worry around phones and the worry around screens and the issues around safe screens. And every single issue that we came up against almost every time screens were a factor within that, whether you're talking about bullying, whether you're talking about extreme content, whether you're talking about mental health issues, um, these became bigger and bigger through through the screens issue. And obviously the last four years where we've had the issues around the pandemic and children having to be at home and teaching at home and whether the strikes and, and continuing teaching at home, this has exasperated these issues and exasperated the issues around children's mental health. It's Safer Internet Day today. Um, yes. Can you tell me a bit about that campaign and whether you think it's an important way to raise awareness? 
I think it's a hugely important way to raise awareness, Lucy, because I think as parents, we can be quite naive about what our children are seeing. We like to think we keep them protected and we have them protected through you know, safer safer um, screens and, and elements that actually stop them stop them seeing things. But they get through so many things. For example, um, the Children's Commissioner, Rachel D'Souza, did a huge piece of work about 18 months ago, talking to people and looking um, to, at children and finding out what they knew and what they didn't know. She found out that over half of teens have seen real life pornography on the internet in the last six months. And when she was sitting in a classroom, she asked them about extreme content. Two thirds of children, and these are sort of 14, 15 year olds, had seen beheadings and extreme contents. It's terrifying. Um, we need to help parents and children understand what's there and what we can do to protect them from this information. As a parent, how worrying is it for you that children are being exposed to such extreme content? As a parent and just anyone within society, it's incredibly worrying because it's normalised this for children. They don't always understand and they can't process this in the way that's so complicated. But as a parent, what's incredibly hard is actually the um, smartphones and social media is, is almost the new playground for children. So as a parent, it's incredibly difficult to say, stop your children being involved in this because you're really saying, actually, you can't spend time with your friends. You can't spend there. And this is one of the reasons why it's very easy to say, yeah, parents don't let your children children have it. And that's easier when your children are very young, but it's harder when they're older. And it's something that we as a society need to grapple with and, and help people understand why this is a problem and, and give alternatives for, for our children. And that's what we're calling for in the Safe Screens campaign. Research shows that nine in 10 11-year-olds in the UK now own a mobile and spend an average of more than three hours a day on their devices. Plans have been submitted for a solar farm the size of 106 football pitches near Sittingbourne. The site in Robinson would be able to produce enough energy for more than 14,000 homes. A decision is expected in April. There's been a surge in the popular of allotments in Kent. Figures seen by the Kent Online podcast show more than 3,600 people are currently on waiting lists across the county. The sites have been more in demand since the pandemic. Now, as well as spending time outdoors, it's also a way to save money and the cost of living crisis by growing your own produce. Chris and Sharon both have allotments. I have a very small garden with my house in New Ash Green, um, but I enjoy gardening. And I thought when I retired... I would have some more time and it would keep me in the fresh air and also give me something nice to eat. You get to talk to all the sorts of people and they help you and you help them and I give away most of what I grow um, and that's, that's fun because it, people like eating fresh vegetables. I think they're great for your physical health, mental health, um, it's being part of the community and you save a fortune in fresh fruit and veg um, and it does last you all year if you've got a freezer you can just cut that from your monthly budget but yeah it's great I've met some wonderful people being here and um, yeah I love it. And you can head to the website today to check out our interactive map it just shows how many allotments there are where you live and also the number of people currently waiting for one. More horses have been injured on Kent's roads than any other part of the southeast, according to new figures. There were 79 reports in the county in 2023 compared to 71 in West Sussex and 69 in Surrey. The British Horse Society say it shows drivers still don't know the rules in the highway code to pass riders safely. There are concerns from Kent 
Kent Animal Charities that the release of a new film will glamorise a vulnerable cat breed. The new action movie Argyle stars Henry Cavill and Dua Lipa and features a Scottish fold cat which suffers from a degenerative joint disease and genetic defects. Cats Protection, Battersea and the RSPCA are among the groups calling on Hollywood to consider the impacts on using certain animals. And there's disappointment today. Flip Out in Chatham has announced it's closed. The trampoline park's been open since 2016, but a statement says their last day of business was on Sunday. Kent Online Sports. Tennis and Kent's Emma Rajikanu has continued her positive start to the new season. She's beaten world number 36 Marie Buzkova in straight sets in the first round of the Abu Dhabi Open. Here she is speaking after the match. Marie is a really tough opponent. I knew that going in I was going to have to play so many balls and I think in the beginning I was missing a few of the finishing shots but I cleaned that up so I'm very happy about that and um, yeah. Very happy to be back in Abu Dhabi. The 21-year-old from Orpington will face two-time Wimbledon finalist Anjabour in the second round tomorrow. And in football, we'll find out later who Maidstone United will play in the fifth round of the FA Cup. Coventry are taking on Sheffield Wednesday in a fourth-round replay. Maidstone are the lowest-ranked team left in the competition after their historic victory over championship side Ipswich Town. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok, and threads. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up to that, you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.